Hey, it's Dr. Kevin Hull, and I want to personally thank you for listening to my podcast and thank you for all you're doing for the kingdom. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to do me a favor and leave a review and then also share it with a friend. God bless you. And again, thanks for listening. Well, hey, God bless you today. Welcome to this episode of Healing for Your Life podcast. I am excited that you're with me. We have had a wonderful time just continuing to build these podcasts and just really speak to all the different things that, that God is doing in so many different ways. We build these for those of you that may be joining me for the first time off of the 60-second devotion. Actually, I wanted to, to minister on uh, Easter and the importance of what we have through the redemption of the body of Christ. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. If you're listening to me, I'll be in uh, Nashville, Tennessee this for this Good Friday, right before the Chris Tomlin concert for minist- for a ministry night there. If you're able to, hope you can join us there. Details are on my website for that information. Be sure to also follow me. I never say this enough, but be sure to follow me on social media. Uh, it's, uh, all the channels from TikTok to, yep, TikTok, believe that or not, TikTok. Um, but also through Instagram and Facebook. We try to really uh, continue to promote just inspirational stuff that in the midst of everything else going on, we try to keep a very positive voice on scripture, uh, things that are of great importance. We try to really make sure that you're aware of that. And so be sure to follow us on there. And then also we have since launched uh, Healing for Your Life television. Uh, So I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. We're reaching about 55 million homes within the United States. Uh, there's about 1.5 outside of the United States that we're reaching in. So check the website for details. There is the episode on demand, on demand there. And then also airing uh, 6.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time throughout the, uh, throughout the U.S. on various channels. So uh, looking to expand that, looking to see what God will do with that, believing that we're going to impact a lot of folks through that. Um, we're here local. We're beginning uh, ministry nights throughout the summer while we have the touring season just kind of off, and then we'll pick that back up kind of regionally as, as we pick and pray about cities to go to. All that, a lot going on, lots of exciting things going on, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for just your prayers for this ministry, your prayers for myself and my family. We've been going through it like you all, so many of you guys have as well. God is continuing to be good to our family and continuing to protect us and guide us. And I know that he is for yours as well. We have to remember sometimes we don't see it, but we always must know God is working. He is working because he loves us. He was working because he promises that he will be there for us in every step of the way. And we have to trust that and believe that with all of our heart. So tonight I want to minister to you on, it's my night. I don't know where you're listening from, but It's my night, and I want to minister to you on Easter that's forthcoming. I want to talk to you about some things that I feel like God really has spoken to me, building off of uh, Isaiah uh, from the uh, 60-second devotional that went out earlier uh, this week. I believe that if we can grasp this fully, we will be blessed as a result of it. So can I pray for you wherever it is that you are, as you're running or walking or sitting or standing or driving or whatever it is that you may be doing, I want to just help you to understand the preciousness of life tonight. Oh, Father, we love you today, God, and we bless you. God, I just thank you for everything that you are about. I thank you for the ways in which it is that you minister to us, that you care for us, that you love us. 
just regardless of anything that we've gotten ourselves into, Father, you are there for us every step of the way. Father, I surrender this podcast to you and I ask for your blessings upon this meeting time uh, this evening as I'm recording this for uh, people that are so faithful to support this ministry and so faithful to support your work. God, we are past the point of just even understanding uh, how much it is that you love us. This weekend, Father, we are celebrating uh, such a monumental movement of the death and resurrection of your son. Jesus, we can't can't thank you enough for what you're going to, what you've done and what you do for us each and every day, resurrecting us out of our death and out of our hardship. God, we bless you today and we thank you for everything that you are. Open the hearts of the people that are receiving this this evening, today, whenever it is that they may be listening. Bless them, God. Open their hearts to receive as we dive into your precious, precious word in Jesus' sweet and ever so precious name. Amen and amen. So I want to begin with Isaiah chapter 61. We spoke about that uh, earlier during the 62nd devotional. I kind of want to dive into it and just kind of see what this is all about. So Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3, I want to read this in context to you. And here's what it says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Father, bless your word tonight. Bless our time together in Jesus' name. So it's interesting to kind of think about this in context. The, the understanding of what we have here is to console those who mourn in Zion. Why are they mourning? Why are they at that place where they are struggling and trying to understand what is happening? Um, if you look back in verse 2, it reads this way, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So there's a couple of different paraphrases and understanding within that that immediately come to mind. And there is a time where we must understand the importance of salvation. This scripture contextually is speaking about the importance of not only what salvation means, but how it is and what it is that we are able to understand that God does on a consistent basis through salvation. Once the the price had been paid by Christ, once everything had been accomplished by Jesus, the portion of scripture that says, and the day of our vengeance of our God, meaning that everything that God had toward the human race was satisfied by his son who remained sinless to be the perfect offering to God as a sacrifice. If we go back and we look in the Old Testament, the first covenant that was established, we see on a consistent basis blood that was shed by an acceptable animal, the best of the best, the first of the lot, that would be an acceptable sacrifice to soothe the wrath of God. Jesus had to come to be at a place of being that human sacrifice to reverse the curse that had been set in place by Adam. Jesus, also known as the second Adam, if you will, 
is the one who was able to reverse what it is that the first Adam, who was sinless, walked hand in hand with God. When he messed up, took a bite of the apple, and sinned because of his disobedience to God, Jesus came to reverse this. And so the result of what we see within this is something so very important. And here's what I want you to understand. Verse 3 says something I think is so critical, and here's what it says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Here's the first I want us to understand. Regardless of where you are, if you have lost or are currently going through a loss, God gets it and understands. As I was preparing this and beginning to think about what all God had for us within this message, the thing that spoke to me more than anything as I was praying was those that have lost loved ones. We are at a place of understanding more than anything that God understands this as well. In fact, he was at a place where for him, he was fixing to lose the very thing that was precious to him. Yes, there was a a wrath that had to be paid or concealed and, and sold and completed. There was all of those things that had to be done, but there was still the reality that there was going to be a loss. Jesus, God's son, would die. And not just die. Not one who would live a very pleasant life and just pass away uh, in, in a very relaxed state of just simply going home, but one that would suffer a brutal brutal death. When I'm in Nashville this Friday ministering for our communion service, I'll be doing a message based on all the stages that Jesus went through in the suffering. And the sneak peek of that is to understand the in-depthness that the Bible speaks about in that he was beaten so badly that the term that Isaiah uses is that he was unrecognizable as a human. Now, ponder that for a moment. The Passion is one of the, the closest dis- depiction of what we have, yet did not do justice to the damage that was done to the Master. So I find myself at a place where I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about the loss that so many people have had and the pain that they have had as a result of that loss, the damage that is done as a result of losing someone. Even if you you are at a place of peace within that loss, there is still the pain that encircles the loss. For example, many of you know my mother passed away. It's been, I guess, about, so bad with this kind of stuff, I guess it's been about over a year. But mother was a dear, wonderful woman, a precious pastor who served um, in the United Methodist Conference for a number of years since my father passed away back when I was 18, and I'm near 50 now, so she served for many, many years, loved by many. And what we, you know, found, Mother and I, we had a, we had a time of just coming together one time when she was healthy and really talking through adolescence. Her failures she felt as a mother, my failures that I knew I created as a son. Oof, not good. What I realized more than anything was is that there was a peace that happened that transcended everything because of what took place through that conversation. 
And I want to say to the one who is who is recognizing that loss within their own life tonight, even as I'm speaking and reflecting back on that person that you've lost, God gets that and understands your pain. He understands not only your pain, but he also understands the grief that you suffer. And I want to share something that comes out of um, Romans chapter 6, and it comes out of verses 5 and 6. Because I think it's important for us to be able to see this. And here's how this reads. So this, again, this scripture, for those of you that may be taking notes that don't have your Bible, um, this scripture comes out of Romans uh, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. And I'll tie this together in one moment. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So there's some promises that I want to give to you out of that that's to those of you that have lost someone, because I want you to understand that if they had that relationship with Christ, in fact, First Thessalonians speaks of this very thing, that we are not only will see them again, but this will be a time when we will be reunited. In fact, First Thessalonians, in fact, let me just share this with you before we just, we'll come back to Romans. This one of the things that as the Lord leads, we got to follow, we got to follow. Uh, that comes out of First Thessalonians chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 13 uh, through 18. I've shared this in a past podcast about death, the resurrection, and the healing, but I want to really feel impressed to share it tonight. So First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, watch this, friend, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So in other words, those that have already died, who had a relationship with Christ, what God says is that he will bring those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So the promise is, is that we will suffer loss. We will suffer pain. We will suffer the anguish of losing someone dear. And then in time, we will become that person that is lost. But more than anything, I want you to understand out of that, that it, that relationship with Christ gives headway, gives having the promise that we will see them again. So what does that mean? I'll see my mother again. I'll see my father again. That relationship is going to be one that will be reestablished, although different will be reestablished. And it's the promise that we have to know that. And so, friend, I want to, I want you to hear that and, and, and know that and, and truly, truly, truly understand it. Now, let me get back to Romans chapter 6 because I want to share that with you. Let me, let me just kind of bring this back into context of where we are. So we have to see that what God is doing within this is, is establishing a context for a scriptural understanding of us going through trials and tribulations, yet being in relation to Christ establishes us for where God wants to take us. So here's what the scripture says out of Romans. 
chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So let's circle back and get this. The wrath had begun by God because of the disobedience of the children. All of them. They were disobedient. They were not able to be sinless as, as God had wanted as a result of the curse, of the result of the fall. Jesus comes. He establishes that very thing that satisfies the wrath of God. And then here's what happens within Romans. Romans is so beautiful in, in the fact of what it says with the directive that we've been united together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So in the death, that of not knowing Christ, that of the sin that has stopped me from being in relationship with God, the scripture says that we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Well, what is the resurrection? The resurrection is being covered with the blood of Christ to be in relationship, right relationship with God. Not one where he sees us as a sinful person, but he sees us through the blood of Christ, which is our covering, our redemptive quality that allows for us to be in relationship with God. And then what's the effect of that? That our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So, friend, what I want you to understand is our greatest thing that we have is Jesus. Our greatest thing that we have for relationship, our greatest thing that we have for understanding of who we are to God is through the blood of Christ. So this Friday, Good Friday coming forth, we will begin to understand and reflect upon the sufferings that he went through for us, for the redemption of ourselves, for the redemption of sickness within our body, for the redemption of our emotional health, for the redemption of every portion of our temple, which is our body, to be redeemed. Why? Because he became the curse for us. In fact, the Bible says that. That everyone who is cursed hangs upon a tree. That, that very thing of what it is that Jesus did is that very thing that took place. So when I look at that, I understand more than anything that what's happening is, is that we're no longer slaves to sin. We walk freely in what happens because of what Jesus did for us. Now, let me show this to you before we move forward and move out of this. The last portion of this scripture in Isaiah chapter 61 is that I want to show you tonight of such critical nature is the spirit of praise for the spirit of heaviness. As I was praying through this and beginning to see some things about what we would be sharing about this evening, God brought this really to mind. Coming out of this pandemic, coming out of the different things that we have dealt with, a lot of us are dealing with some very heavy, uh, depressive things, some very depressive actions, and some very depressive pains that are happening. And, and I, I want you to understand something. That can create, as what the Bible describes to be, a spirit of heaviness. Something that is painful for us to carry through, carry through and to walk through because of the very pain of what it is that's caused. Now, let's, let's look at spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness can be defined as anything 
that demonically is placed upon us as a result of either a sin or b a uh, impromptu thing that begins to take place that we're not that falls out of the alignment with God's will for our life. A lot of times there can become a conviction because of sin that if we don't correct that action, that conviction continues to weigh heavier upon us until we are at a place of being able to ask for forgiveness that that thing would be removed and then that is replaced with that joy. But friend, I want you to understand, there are many times when we may find ourselves at a place where that depressive type of feeling, that depression may be there and what happens within us is, is we see that we do not able to get rid of that because of things that are repetitively happening within our life. It's a friend of mine who has dealt with a loss for some time and the pain that's been caused by that has been just progressive and progressive and progressive. Not being able to get the freedom from that, there's the question in this person's mind, is it possible to ever get free from it? And here's, here's been my comment back. For us to have that spirit of heaviness removed, we have to be at a place where what takes place is that we move in a way that allows God to refresh us on a consistent basis because we release that heaviness to Him. You said, Doc, well, how do we do that? Well, it's very simple. When I am feeling that heaviness, when I'm feeling that strife within my spirit, that contextual fight, that is there to try to bring me into that pit of depression, sadness, grief, whatever it is that we may be dealing with. What the scripture in Isaiah is speaking about is, is that when I release that to God, Father in Jesus' name, I am so depressed and I give that to you and I release that to you. I give you the depression that I feel. I give you the pain that I feel. Whatever it is that you may be dealing with, when you release it to God, it allows God then to be able to minister to you about the situation that you're dealing with. <clears throat> Pray that makes sense to you. When I'm at a place of seeing that, God wants to minister to me so that I may be healthy in Him and everything that I do. He doesn't want me to be a Christian who is suffering with depression. I ministered this last week in Abilene for Healing for Your Life program, so make sure that you catch that because I went in depth on understanding from the mental illness side of depression and how God wants us to be able to walk freely within that not having that to be a part of our personality, our being, everything about us. God wants us to be at a place of freedom, and he wants us to be at a place where we're able to do the things necessary for that. Here's the final thing I want to give to you on this before we close out this evening. We're already over time. I did this last time, and I'm doing it again. But here's what I want you to say. Once you are at a place where you are able to get the freedom that is necessary that God is wanting to give you, there is a realization that happens of one thing. God moves in every area of your life that you need deliverance from. That planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, is speaking specifically to one area of your life that you've got to begin to see more than anything that he is one that will plant you successfully into every situation that you're involved in. But here's what I want you to say. You've got to be willing to, to surrender it. You have to be willing to walk away from it. And you've got to be willing to change the direction. If you're involved in something 
and you're continuing to have an area in your life where you are struggling with freedom from that area, you got to walk away. That joy of gladness, that very purpose of what it is that is being spoken about within that is critical for one reason. I can't do this on my own. So the result of that is, is that when we're speaking about the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, it's being replaced. I'm removing the spirit of heaviness and I'm replacing it with the garment of praise. That what? The planning of the Lord that may be glorified. I want to share one final scripture with you before we close out. It comes out of Psalm chapter 92, verses 12 and 13. That the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Did you read that? Did you hear that last portion of scripture? If you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. You're going to flourish like nobody's business. Because why? You're at a place of doing exactly what God has called you to do. You're planted there. You will grow. You never think about a cedar tree. I'm in Texas, if you couldn't tell by the accent. And what I will tell you that is true within Texas is the cedar trees are everywhere. In fact, I'm in Austin specifically. And we joke every year whenever the cedars start to pollinate, it's a thing called cedar fever. And people get sick, sick, sick. What happens with that is it affects allergies and they begin to get incredibly sick as a result of it but but what i want you to see is that cedars grow rapidly and what they're what the scripture is comparing this to is that if you're planted within the house of the lord you will grow within the courts of the lord greatly because god will minister to you personally and he's able to do that because of his son's blood jesus christ so when we go into friday and we go into easter i want you to understand this is your time for deliverance this is your time for freedom this is your time to be able to walk into a new season of your life by being planted in the house of God. That portion right there. Don't let Easter be a time that I just go once a year to check it off the list. Know that if you're struggling with things and that spirit of heaviness is upon you, get involved in the church. I'm telling you, that's where you're going to get your freedom. And a good Bible-based believing church. Don't get in one of these churches that are you're at a place where you're struggling to understand what's happening with with scripture and where that fits in with all that stuff, get into a Bible-based believing church that preaches the word of God every Sunday. You see that Bibles come out, they open, you not only from the pastor, but also from the congregation. Get into that. Get into that and let that begin to minister to you and transform your life because I can promise you, don't look at Easter as one of the two times I go to church. Easter and Christmas. Look at Easter as a time for a new beginning that just as there's a resurrection that has come out with Jesus walking out, so too, my friend, will you walk out if you'll get yourself planted. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Get planted in the church. Get baptized. And then watch God begin to move. I promise you, that spirit of heaviness that is there, God will remove it just like that. The more you turn over to him, the more he'll begin to minister. Get your life reset as a result of what's going to happen. All right, my friend, I have gone over yet again. My goal is for 20 minutes. We're at 26.50. I didn't make it again. But friend, if you're listening tonight and you don't have Jesus, the precious Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. I want you to accept Christ tonight. He came. He died for you. He rose again three days later. I want you to, wherever it is that you are, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I pray that you accept me into your kingdom. 
when I die with forgiveness of my sins and that my name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, a very simple prayer. We talk about the salvation prayer often. Not ever is it found within the Word, but it is something so very critical for you to pray and believe in Jesus' name. Now, friend, live for him. Read the Word. Start in John. It's the best place to be able to do that. And God will move. Trust me, he will. He has in my life. He will for yours as well. Hey, we love you so very much. God bless you. Spread the message about this podcast. Pray it's been a blessing for you. Spread the message about TV, events, all the stuff. This is a busy, busy ministry. I was talking with one of my staff members today and was like, we have a lot going on, and we do. But what a joy it is to be ministering for the kingdom of God. Hey, we love you so very much. God bless you. God bless you. Father, bless all those that are listening today. We pray for a blessing upon them, God, that you would make your face to shine upon them, God, that you would give them peace, that you would take them to new levels. Let them be ministry for everybody they come in contact with and transform their life. For the glory of the kingdom of our precious Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, we thank you for being a part of this. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks. Well, hey, thanks for listening. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And please do me a favor and share it with a friend. One of the ways also that we can grow is just by you leaving us a review. And so please take the time to do that as well. If I can do anything for you, don't hesitate to contact me on my website at drkevinhall.org. That's drkevinhall.org or through any one of my social media platforms. Until then, I pray God's richest blessing upon you and pray his face to shine upon you in everything that you do and accomplish. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you and we'll talk soon.